last one Fulfilling ancient words God has come to dwell with us Who could ever know the depths of the mystery
joined us this evening. Look, the microphone works, the heater is on, hopefully the slides all work. Some of you brought puffier jackets this evening than you did this morning, but we got it all fixed. Dave stuck around and watched the Irving guy fix it, so thanks for all those of you who prayed that the heater would start working. Let me pray for us. We're going to invite the music team up. Tonight is just going to be a night of worship. Uh, I have a short homily for us. Uh, we have some songs to sing. Uh, we're going to uh, finish our evening like we've done in the past. Uh, if you sat on a candle, you might have got surprised. Uh, but you can hold that uh, and we'll lead us as we finish our evening tonight with Silent Night. So would you join me in prayer? Uh, and we'll invite the music team to come and lead us in song. Father, we thank you for this evening as we uh, connect the things that we uh, talked about this morning of your faithfulness, of keeping your promises by sending your son to meet our greatest need. Uh, we have um, nothing more to give you than to worship you tonight. So God, would you help us to do that? Would you help us to give you the glory that you deserve? Would you help us to give you the thanks that uh, you deserve? Would you help us to lift up our voices, to uh, have our hearts um, reflect the work that you have done in our lives to give you um, the worship that you are due? Would you be honored in our time together? Would you encourage us uh, through our fellowship with one another? And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now it's on. Would you stand and join us as we sing the first Noel?
is a story in song. It's just so cool. A story that's not just a story, it's truth. Sunday a year, every like five years, I think, when Christmas Eve lands on a Sunday, to do an extra long sermon in two parts and not get in trouble. So we're going to spend some time in Luke chapter 1, if you want to turn there in your pew Bible. This morning we considered God's faithfulness in sending His Son to meet our greatest needs 
our greatest need of sin. And we applied our time at the end by, by honing in on three, I did four, three uh, applications for us uh, that we can respond to God's faithfulness in faithfulness of our own. We can respond to God's faithfulness in worship and we can respond to God's faithfulness in evangelism and sharing the gospel that we have been entrusted with ourselves. Uh, and so I was pleasantly surprised when Chris came up this, this morning to end our service uh, by reading part of our passage uh, that we're going to spend some time in uh, this evening in Luke chapter 1. And he helped us to set the stage. And we'll ask the question that he asked us this morning. So we're going to be in Luke 1, just uh, starting in verse 39. It says, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring. Father, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for the examples of worship here. And God, even in these words that come out of my mouth, God, would you help these people, us who gather here this evening to hear your voice and that your voice would transform our hearts and that our hearts would be filled of praise and worship for who you are and what you've done. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. So Chris reminded us this morning uh, when we were confronted and when we are confronted with the truth of the gospel and the truth of Jesus Messiah, that John the Baptist, he leapt for joy that he was encountering, even in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth, the promised Messiah. And Chris asked us a question, how do we respond when we encounter Jesus, Messiah? We see Mary in her response in this whole circumstance. She begins to shout in praise. In response to God's promises, Mary sings 
a song. And that's where we're going to focus our time this evening. Before Jesus was even born, before he ended up on a Roman cross about 30 years later, before he rose from the dead, three days after that, Mary worships her God. She worships because God keeps his promises and God is faithful. And this song of Mary is reminiscent of other songs that we see God's people, especially barren women in the Old Testament, praise God with. She cannot hold back what is happening in her heart to shout who God is and what he has done. And we see in this song that Mary looks forward. We see that Mary looks backward, but also Mary considers her present state. And so from deep within her, this is personal for Mary. And we are given a glimpse into what God is doing in her heart. And we are given as well an example to follow as we worship God. And so tonight, like I said, we'll have a night of worship. And I want us to consider our own personal praise and worship of God. Mary first worships by looking back at God's promises. We saw this this morning in that genealogy. Generation after generation after generation, God preserving a people. God preserving a seed that would come from woman to come and to die on the cross. Jesus Christ, our Savior. That was a real genealogy that conveys truth about a real son, a testimony of who this son would be and of God's faithfulness for you and for me this evening. And so Mary, as she is looking back, you can see how she reflects on the things that God has done in the past. In verse 48, God has looked upon her humble estate. Verse 49, he has done great things for her. 51, he has shown strength and scattered the proud. He has brought down the mighty in 52. He has filled the hungry with good in 53. And he has helped his servant in 54. Mary spends a lot of time reflecting on what God has done in the past. And so proper worship, friends, begins by looking back. Mary's approach to God reflects her awareness of her humble position as she does look back. Where God has done many things in Mary's life in particular and in the life of the nation of Israel in general and Mary worships God because of it. God has delivered his people over and over and over again and Mary knows this last promise is going to be the end of all promises, bringing them all to fruition. Where Mary's pregnancy in and of itself is a testimony of God's grace. Mary's pregnancy is a testimony of what God promised he would do. Where the idea of fulfilling those promises has pregnancy terminology built into that as we, we wait for a child to be born. 
where God has graciously brought about in the womb of Mary what he promised for the nation of Israel and what the nation of Israel has longed for for generation after generation asking the question, are we there yet? Moms, you know this, the difficulty of pregnancy, the intensity of labor, the pain pales in comparison to the moment your child is resting on your chest and the pain goes away, at least for a moment. And that's how Israel feels, expressed by Mary, that God has been faithful and this birth of the promised seed is coming. And she knows and we know, right, that the days ahead will be difficult. Verse 48 marks a decisive turn. Look at it in the text. She says, from now on, things will be different. This is not just for her, but this for now on is for you and for, I, for, for the whole world to know that things will be different after the birth of this child especially for Christians who believe in him. She has looked back, but she's also now gonna look forward. Where God has looked upon her humble state, he has chosen her to bear the Messiah to birth, and she worships God because of this, but Mary also looks ahead for greater promises, for greater assurances, for greater joys to come as God fulfills his promises. Looking back, we can often see as we walk through snow a track or steps behind us. But if you're on a snowmobile or something, you know you gotta still keep your eyes forward. It might end up poorly if you don't. But looking back, you can see tracks in the snow, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep looking forward. And Mary doesn't just look back, but she looks forward to the promises that God has made, that this pregnancy will lead to the salvation of all of God's people who believe in this son who would be born. Where God has intervened in a particular moment in the history of the world, that God has put into place the final steps of his work of redemption, even for Mary. Catholics often will say that they believe that Mary was without sin, but verse 47, if you look at it, refutes that very clearly, that this son who is in her womb will be her savior as well. Jesus will fulfill all of our longings. Mary makes that clear. She knows that her Savior is in her own womb. And so grounded in the revelation, grounded in God's word, grounded in the promises that God has delivered to his people, in particular to Mary, faith looks forward to things that we do not get to see yet. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things home for for the conviction of things that are not seen. And Mary is certain that God's actions in the past guarantee his future fulfillment of his promises before us. Mary is like those four ladies in the genealogy of Jesus that are tenaciously loyal to God in the midst of a lot of uncertainty. Mary is an example of faith grounded in the truth of the scripture, looking past or in the past that drives her forward towards worship. 
for Mary and for all future generations, for you and for me, God's mercy is available. From generation to generation, Mary looks forward to God's promises and it drives her to worship, even knowing that the thing have not yet even taken place. She knows that God will keep her promises. Mary's a young teenager, and she knows that she doesn't bring much to the table in all of this. She rejoices because of the child in her womb that he will be born. He will provide for her salvation. He will provide for her all of her needs that will be met. Mary's humble posture rests in God's grace and it drives her to gratitude. And so my goal for the last month as we've been looking through these prophecies in Isaiah, as we've landed here in Matthew 1 this morning and Luke 1 this evening, is for us to see God's faithfulness. He has made our, met our greatest need in the redemptive work of His Son, bringing salvation to us who believe the gospel and a righteous judgment to God's greatest enemies of Satan and sin and death for you and for me. For Mary, the future starts now. God's promises in the past give her confidence to look forward to his promises in the future. But this also changes everything about her current state of where she's at that very moment. And we can't forget that. As we focus too much on the future or we reflect too much on the past, where are we at right now? What gives us confidence today? What drives us to worship this evening? Where God has had mercy. God will be merciful. But friends, God is currently merciful. One commentator said, God's unique character is not separable from his mercy for holiness expresses itself in mercy. Friends, what we see in this passage, what drives Mary to worship is God's love for the Christian, for the person who believes the gospel, the good news that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Mary's life is forever changed. She's early on in her pregnancy, but everything that would come after this moment would change her life forever. And imagine the confidence and the joy that she has in believing these truths. What is to come from Mary is already taking place in her life. What God has begun to do has come to fulfillment even of this small child in her womb that will come and be born about nine months later. And this gives her confidence as she looks forward, as she steps forward, one step at a time, in faith, presently resting in who God is, and that leads her to worship at this moment, where Mary is presently humble. She says in verse 50, the proud don't fear God. And exalting ourselves, it happens when we feel like our achievements will give us confidence. Where pride gives us a sense that we have no need of salvation. Mary gives us an example that we cannot exalt ourselves. 
Mary shows us that we have an utter and desperate need for God. And we do even at this very moment. And her response is she shouts out with praise. Looking back at God's faithfulness, she looks forward to God's vindication, knowing that her current state is a moment of great joy. Mary's praise describes the future work of God's Son with certainty of the past, but also gives her great confidence at that very moment she is with her cousin Elizabeth. Mary's worship is based on God's mercy. God's mercy in the past, God's mercy in the future, but most pressing, God's mercy presently upon her. And so as we close out our time in worship, consider what God has done in the past, where God sent his son because God is faithful to keep his promises so that you and I might believe the gospel, the good news that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, his son, Jesus Christ, was born so that you and I might be saved if we believe that gospel. So we can praise God for that. Looking back at all the reasons of why we can praise God, we can consider that the last breath of yours that you just took is another gift. Take another one. That was a gift too. He's being patient with you. He's sanctifying you. He's done everything in you that you can't do on your own. God's trail of grace behind you should drive you to worship. Grace that was made clearly known that evening when Christ was born in Bethlehem. Maybe tonight you'd focus on God's grace in your past, trusting his sovereign hand working in your life when you could not work things out on your own. You should praise him for that. Maybe you'd look forward. Next week, we'll get back into our study in the book of Acts. We'll focus our attention again on the early church and what they gave themselves to. And on January 7th, I think is the first Sunday of the year, we're gonna take some time as a church and start at 10 a.m. Uh, for those of you who would love to join us and pray. We're gonna pray that God would do a mighty work in this church and through this church. We're gonna pray for each other. Lift up our concerns and our needs to the Lord who loves to hear from his children and he delights to respond to his children as well. We're also gonna start celebrating the Lord's Supper each week, considering Jesus' body given for us, his blood shed for us on the cross as we remember that Christmas is always connected to Good Friday and Easter. We wanna give ourselves the first three months of the year to doing these things weekly. In this world, there is great suffering. There is significant heartache. There's a lot of trouble. But we look forward to the promises in Scripture that God will continue to care for you. He will continue to lead you. He will continue to protect you. And you can rest in these promises. So maybe tonight you would focus on God's grace and his promises looking forward, resting in his sovereign, gentle, caring, loving hand 
when he says he will do, he will do it. When he says that he will save his people from their sins but for those who believe the gospel of his son, we can rest in the fact that he will. So we can praise him for that. And you can also look to God today. Galatians says God wants Christ formed in you. Philippians says that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Friends, God is working today. God is conforming you into the image of his son today. You may not see it, but he is. For the Christian, he guarantees that it will be done. In spite of who you are, he is still working. So maybe tonight you'd focus on God's grace, just even for the evening. God is merciful today, so you might worship him. God has made peace with you today so that you might worship him. God has been kind to you today so that you might worship him. God has done so much today that we don't, are not even aware of so that you might glorify him today. So we can praise him for that. And as we close up, remember, like we did this morning, the news we have is worth sharing. It's worth sharing with others that he's been merciful so that you can go share mercy. He has made peace so that you can be a peacemaker. He has been kind so that we can be kind. And God has done what we can't do on our own so that we can rest in his work. We can look forward to his promises to be complete. In light of where we are today, we can put forth grace-driven effort to grow more like his son. We can worship him and we can tell others about him. Maybe Christmas is hard for you. I know it has been for me in the past. Even if it doesn't feel like Christmas to you, it still took place 2,000 years ago where our present and our future hope is based on past historical facts. And God delights in you. He wants to hear from you. Created, he created you to worship him so we can set aside our anxiety, we can set aside our uncertainty about the future, and we can rest in his grace in the past and be thankful. And we're gonna close with a couple songs. I want these words to sink in. What God has done, we can look forward to the future while we rest in the present. We're gonna sing a song at the end. What we're gonna do is we're gonna all take our candles, we're gonna cut the lights a little bit, and we're gonna just make a big circle, and we're gonna let the light of Christ be modeled in the candle being lit and the light moving its way around the building as we sing Silent Night together. And the words... Hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. Our Savior is born. The Jesus is Lord at his birth. That Christ, the Savior, is born. Where our future is secured in the everlasting love of Christ for his people. And if you are not part of Christ's people, I would encourage you to believe the gospel, even this evening. Because we, when we were created, were created to glorify God. But Adam and Eve in the fall, when they took of fruit that God said, do not eat, they created an idol. They worshiped something other than God. They worshiped themselves, which is what we all tend to do. 
But Christ loved and gave himself for the church, for those who would believe the gospel, that we might be his bride and receive his benevolent love. And our hope, as Romans 5 says, is in the glory of God. Where we were made to glorify God. We were made to behold God. We were made to be united with Christ. For those who believe in the new covenant, our hearts will exalt and share the glory of the triune God. We will worship him tonight. We will forever receive what he graciously gives us for the Christian. In the end, we're promised by God that we will be glorified for the purpose that we might glorify him. So we're gonna sing a couple songs. Let's worship him, church. Might even let the music team sing a little lower so we can sing louder. But let's worship our great God. He has done great things in the past. He has done great things that he's promised for us in the future, and he is doing great things for us right now. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your abundant grace and mercy that while we were enemies, you sent your son to die for us, to die on a cross for our sins after he lived a perfect life. He didn't deserve to die, but he chose to for us who would believe the gospel. That the grave didn't hold him, but he rose from the dead, proving that he was God, guaranteeing all promises would be fulfilled. Lord, we thank you. God, would you help us to rest in that? Would you forgive us for not believing that at times? Would you help our unbelief to trust you? So God, we ask that you would help us to worship you in song as we finish out our time. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and join us? This, this song is called Joy to the World. So I expect as a former and present music teacher to hear joy in your voices because mine is still a little sick. <laughs> so, so sing with joy. <coughs>
right, you heard the instructions. So let's grab a candle. Let's make our way into a big circle. Dave, thanks for hitting the lights. Miss Dale is going to lead us a cappella in Silent Night together. Yes, we must get all the kids from the back because this is probably their favorite night of the year. You <laughs> can bring it in a little bit so that there's not as big a gaps. We might have to do a couple more verses, Miss Dale. It's going to take a, a while. Or Alright. Alright. Let's go. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round your Thank you. 
has been born. His promises have changed everything behind us. They, we look forward to His promises in the days ahead, uh, and we also are changed now. Uh, and so, worship Him. Uh, as you go home, as you maybe stick around and have a light snack with us, unless you got dollhouses to put together, um, worship Him. Encourage one another and give each other reasons to worship Him. As you wake up tomorrow morning, uh, worship Him. You are given another day as a gift. Uh, worship Him as you reflect on His birth, uh, His life, His death, and His resurrection. Uh, friends, we have much to worship Him for. And so let's be a worshipful church. Uh, feel free to stick around even if you didn't bring a snack to share. Um, and we'll be back here next Sunday at 11 o'clock as we jump back into Acts as we see a church go and bear witness to who Jesus is and what he has done. So thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas. And we can blow out the candles. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your son who came in a world of darkness to shine upon it, to illuminate our hearts that we might see you for who you are, to see your son for the gift that he is in dying for us and rising for us. God, would you help our light to shine? God, would you help us to live a light in a life in light of your son's life given for us? God, we help help us to, to worship you. That tomorrow and the rest of our day wouldn't be just another routine day of the year, but it would be a day of worship for you and all that you've done for us and all that you will do for us, and all that you are currently doing in us. We thank you, and we praise you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a Merry Christmas. Deacon Dave's got a box back there if you want to put your candles in. There's a feeling I get when I think of Christmas. There are faces I miss, all the ones not with us. Wrapping lights on a tree, hanging each memory for a moment. The world is at The feeling I get when I think of Christmas. There's a love between friends that knows no distance. See